Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. Well, thank you, and welcome once again to everybody here, and I'm supposed to say hi to the people on the live stream, and the people who will eventually hear this on my podcast, because my daughter gave me an update this week, and I'm up to 226,000 hits. <laughs> During the summer, it was going up consistently, like 2,500 a week, then it went to 3,000, last week it went up 4,000, like, who's listening to this? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so the last two times I spoke, I talked about the spiritual tools that we have in our spiritual toolbox. Why? Because they're fundamental, they're essential to turning our lives around. And that's what we're here to do, to change the way we see things, to change the way that we do things. Remember, that's what the word repent means, to change directions, take another turn. Go in a different direction. The one you're doing is not working. It's one of those things, you know? I know I keep saying it over and over, but that's what we have to do. So do you remember what these spiritual tools are? Let me remind you. They are affirmations, affirmative prayer, creative work, denials, forgiveness, journaling, looking clearly, meditation, the Sabbath, self-care, self-reflection, social action, the silence, and visioning. There's 14 of them. You can find them on the website of, at unity.org. So my point in presenting these two lessons previously was that we got to get ourselves out of this mental rut that we are in. Most of us, most population, see ourselves as aliens in a hostile universe that, that we have no control over, that we're powerless victims. And unity says that's not what's happening at all. And that's the new consciousness that's taking over the planet. That is not what's happening. That we are, in fact, co-creators and powerful beings. We just don't know it. We spent too much time, and who knows, maybe lifetimes, hundreds of them. I don't know. With that other mentality, so we have a lot of undoing to do. I was at the regional conference this last week up at uh, the village. And the keynote speaker said it, put it this way. He said, most people believe and live as if what we, our goal is to create an evacuation plan for the future. I said, really? An evacuation plan? You know, that's what the Gnostics used to believe. They believed that our sole purpose in this life was to get out. That this, no, really, that this life was a prison. And the only thing we have to do is get ourselves out of here. Now, imagine going someplace or some event or something, and the first thing that comes to your mind is like, I gotta get out of here. You know? <laughs> now, granted, there has been times when I have had that feeling. I, trust me. Because back in the old days, when my wife insisted that I go shopping with her, it wouldn't take too long before I get into the ad attitude of, I gotta get out of this place. <laughs> but you know what? We finally worked all that out, you know, after a little bit of time. The way it works is that she goes shopping, I stay home, everybody's happy. See? <laughs> it's a beautiful system. It just took a little while. <laughs> anyway, so we don't see this life for some future reward. 
we see this life for the experience of now. From the unity's perspective, eternity is already secured, always has been secured, because our starting point is that we are eternal spiritual beings first, and we happen to be having a human experience, not the other way around. We're not humans first, and, and with some kind of expectation, maybe I can end up in heaven. No, because in that paradigm of oneness, you see, we exist everywhere at the same time. It's like cable, this came to me in the 70s. It's like cable TV. All the channels are there. It's just a matter of what channel do you tune into? And so where is your consciousness? That's why you can see heaven here, you can see hell here, and everything in between because of that. Anyway, in unity, so we come here because we wanted to do this. We don't come here as a punishment. It's not a sentence. It is a choice, like everything else, a choice. Now, that's a different perspective for the average person to think that you actually made a decision to come into this world to have a human experience. And in unity, we say that our trinity is mind, idea, and expression. Well, mind and idea are abstractions. They're in the abstract realm. Uh, but expression, well, that's the expressive side of things. And that's what this place is. Because in this place, you get to touch, taste, feel, hear all the things that you believe. You get to experience your beliefs. It's a very unique place. But <laughs> we, have to, we have to work on our, on our creating power because our mind kind of goes you know, hayward and, and, and we create the wrong things. So we're here by choice. So then the question becomes, how do we maximize this experience that we are here? The answer is like anything else, you find better ways of doing things. So, before I settled on today's ta uh, lesson, I thought, what am I gonna talk about? So I'm, at night, so I'm bouncing around channels sometimes, you know, and, and once in a while I'll come across a preacher and I'll actually sit there and listen to him. And my wife says, why do you, why do, you do that? And I said, well, because I wanna get myself out of my bubble. I, I live in this little unity bubble and, and I forget that most people, pretty much a lot of people, don't see things this way. So I'm listening to this guy, and he's talking about this, that, and the other. And then he mentions Samson and Delilah. And I went like, Samson and Delilah? Okay, we all kind of know that story. And, and so you know how it goes. Delilah cut Samson's hair, and he lost his strength. He was captured, tortured, whatever. And I said, well, I wonder what the metaphysical, the spiritual interpretation of that story would be. So maybe that would be a good lesson. But then I looked it up and said, uh, it's only semi-interesting. I can give it to you in one minute. It goes something like this. Samson and Delilah represent our masculine and feminine natures, matter and spirit, that are constantly in conflict with one another. Delilah is a, is a Philistine woman, and she represents our human side. Samson has his strength, and he represents our spiritual side. And his, and his hair, long hair represents vitality. So the spirit has vitality. So Delilah talks him into, you know, cons him a little bit and cuts his hair, and he loses his strength. So the, the spiritual vitality is zapped from him, in other words. You see, I mean, we, tend, we turn our attention to something else, and we lose the fact that we are spiritual beings first. So then he's captured, tortured, but eventually his hair grows back. And so when they take him to the temple, 
and he, he instructs them to put him between the two pillars. And what? And what do two pillars mean? Duality. We're back to the duality thing. The man and woman, the spirit and, and the matter. Conflict. He takes the pillars, he pushes them apart, and everything falls, and he kills thousands of Philistines, which are the error thoughts, and himself as well. So he sacrifices himself to, uh, to get rid of, of the duality. That's basically the story. I said, well, that's only semi-interesting, but I got to thinking, I mean, if I talked to that for 15 minutes, I'm just going back to the same old thing. Look, okay, I get it. It's a story about how we've messed up. I get it. We messed up. We've done things incorrectly. I get it. The question now is, how do we fix it? That's what I'm thinking about. How do we do that? So spiritual tools and these techniques I'm going to talk about are one way that we can start to redirect our attention. So this book that I, I took it as part of my self-care class. It's by a PhD a psychologist a lady. So, you know, I'm really thinking that positive psychiatry, I mean, psychology, which there is such a thing, is really so very unity. And, and we probably ought to focus on that more often because it's really practical, hands-on things to do. And it's called Inner Peace for Busy People, 52 Simple Strategies for Transforming Your Life. So I recommend this book because when all is said and done, religion, spirituality, and everything that we seek is about inner peace, finding that inner peace. The book is divided into six sections, and they contain these 52 strategies. The sections are, number one, the absolute basic strategies for life. Number two, strategies for taking care of yourself. Three, strategies for changing your relationship to time. Four, strategies for managing your mind. Strategies for developing compassion, kindness, and clear communication. And the last one is strategies for creating wisdom and purpose in your life. So, let's take it from the top and cover a couple of these things. Let me ask you first, how are you feeling about your spiritual unfolding? You think you're doing all right or maybe you feel a little bit stuck now and then? Because if you're feeling stuck, well, you know the reason why is because, right? Because we keep doing the same thing over and over. We, keep, we have a saying down here, keep on doing what you always done and keep on getting what you always got. It's like the Dallas Cowboys. Until we change the code, never, never mind, what I'm, I'm not going to get into the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I'll save that for tonight. <laughs> Let's change things up, people. Einstein said that the very definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That is insane. It is not going to happen. So Unity RGV feels a little bit that we're stuck in, so we're trying to work on that a little bit. Right, Nina? That's right. So we need fresh ideas about how we can grow this, about going to a new location, about all sorts of things. Because life really does move forward. It really does. But sometimes it moves forward in such a slow manner that, that it looks like we're stuck. I'll give you a real clear example. Traffic jam. There's construction or a, an accident up ahead, and you're just crawling along. I mean, you're moving, but barely. Somebody calls you on the phone and they ask you, hey man, where are you? And what do you say? I'm stuck in traffic. Right, <laughs> stuck. And that's how we feel sometimes. 
even though we're moving slowly, but we're, we're moving too slowly. So when you start, finally clear that, you know, you know how it feels. I mean, everybody's done it, I'm sure, like, ah, oh, I'm glad to get out of that mess. Well, these absolute uh, strategies for life are for the intention of helping you get past that traffic jam that you're in. So the first section again, which I'm going to cover today, is called the absolute basic strategies for life. Number one says, relax and be more productive. So we always talk about relaxing here, right? I mean, that's how we start everything about relaxing. And he says that most people run at a very high RPM in, in their workloads. They're highly stressed. And the only way to really maintain that in, in, in any kind of a manner is to learn to relax every now and then. Have you ever heard of a bell curve? You know, when I took electronics, it, it's a bell curve. So in the bell curve, you have your downside, your up, I mean, under, over, and in the middle. In electronics, we used to call it the Q point, the optimum point, the quiescent point, where every, the, circuit, the circuit's just going like my Harley at 75, you know, on, on, on six speed, it's just, that's, it's a cue point. It's just, that's where, that, that's where it relaxes. So anyway, she says, and, and then she has a recommendation. She says, take at least an hour. I said, an hour? A week. I would recommend a lot more than an hour. I mean, a football game is three, come on. And it says, do something that you really, really enjoy. That's all to yourself. And just do it and relax. The second thing she says is called, remember peace is already within you. Now, she writes, that innate radiance of peace and joy is our birthright, our own true nature. And while small children are effortless, effortlessly, effortlessly spontaneous and joyful, as adults, we have to go take classes and read books to do this. We can't even relax enough to to be spontaneous and have a good time. So you have to remember that peace is already within you. You don't have to go find it. You don't have to go create it. You just have to open yourself up to it. It's that simple. So be still and know that I, that you, that everyone is God. Strategy number three, save your breath and keep your sanity. So obviously this is about breathing. And breathing, as we know, is the starting point of relaxing. That's what they, everybody says. And she says, as soon as you start getting stressed out, you can feel your short, little choppy breath you know, take a place. You have to learn to get into that deep diaphragm, that belly breathing. And she said, you do a few of those things, and everything changes. I mean, we know these things. That's why I like this, because it really coincides with what we do. It's just putting it to practice and making you aware of it. The fourth one she talks about is building brain power. And that's she's not talking about getting smarter. She's talking about, she says, an important skill for inner peace is to use your common sense to build a better brain. For example, pessimists are far more troubled by busy schedules than optimists are. She says there's this thing called the deep limbic system. And it's a little center the size of a walnut or something in the middle of your brain and that one controls all the old survival functions. So when you're stressed, that sucker is going 100 miles an hour, and, and it is just not good. 
and, on the, and conversely, when you're calm, that is calm, and you become energetic. That, that, that little thing will zap you of your energy and your motivation when you're stressed out. And she says that it produces serotonin, and so that's what calms this deep limbic system. And it says, for the body to make enough serotonin, it requires protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Yes, fat. Now listen to this. She says, two studies have concluded that men with the lowest cholesterol levels have the highest suicide rates. So my doctor's trying to lower my cholesterol. <laughs> and I'm going to become a nut job, but I'm going to have low cholesterol. Very nice. Now, I say this really because I was watching another video, and you know <laughs> that medicine is the number one killer, right? <laughs> or pretty much a number one killer of stuff. They really are kind of just guessing. Try this. Well, try that. That didn't work either. Well, try this one. You know? And, and it's really shoot, I mean, hit and miss. It really is. So it's like old religion. New medicine, and it's changing. It is changing. You know it is. You know, now, now you talk to a doctor and they'll tell you about, do you meditate? I said, what? <laughs> I mean, back in the 60s, the doctor would have never asked me if I meditated or my mom or anything like that. So things are changing. But, and they have to change. Strategy number five. Li live with passion. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Now, I've been trying to get you guys to get into the music a little bit, you know? I'm seeing you a little uptight. I mean, here we are playing the peace song, salsa style, and everybody's, come on, man. You know, if you go to a Mexican dance, your people are into it, man. I'm not even kidding. And you're watching them, and we even have a little saying that we tease them. We said, si así fueron para trabajar, you know, if they were, you had that much energy to put into work, you know, take that energy, put it to broke, bro. <laughs> anyway, we just like to make fun of people, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the sixth strategy is to practice patience. Now, this is obvious, and it's a big one. And she t says, I'm not a generally patient person. It's practice that takes constant awareness. Real patience requires a gentle willingness to let life unfold at its own pace. So she's, she's on the recommended little thing to do for the week. She says, this week, notice how many times you're impatient, you know, at the light or anywhere else. Now, take note of that. And she said, let it unfold day by day and be gentle with yourself. You know, you don't have to beat yourself up over it. You know, we all do it. So I went to the, that's the six strategies. When I went to the village this week, I heard a presentation, two hour presentation about transforming church. And I just took taking a bunch of pictures of the PowerPoint. And finally one of the ladies says, hey, is there any way we can get a copy of this PowerPoint? And, 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 and the speaker, he was a reverend, uh, he says, yeah, but you'll have to do it because I don't know how to do it. And she said, I'll do it. So she passed the thing around. And we all signed up our email, and hopefully I'll be getting a copy of it, so I don't have to be, that way I have the whole thing. And I'd like to get together with some of you and share it, just some ideas about, about what she presented. But some of the things that came uh, across were the ideas of making the service more dynamic. 
uh, how important the music is. And I think you've seen that now with the music. And I'm glad Richard is here now adding with the congas. I love it. And also about updating the language, which is something that I've been trying to do for a while. Update the language to something that's more relatable. One of the ladies said that she has a young, you know, millennial person working with her or something. And she says that even the word spirituality sounds creepy. I said, really? <laughs> I guess. So I don't know. We have to relate to the young people. It's, it's a wonderful message. But, but if, if they don't hear it, if we're, not, if we're talking <laughs> in the wilderness and nobody's listening, well, then who cares if it's a wonderful message? So there's a lot of things we got to do. And the last thing she really said was, shorten the message. I keep telling my speakers, 20 minutes, 20, and one of the ladies jumped up and said, what do you mean by shorten? She said, 20 to 22 tops. After that, the attention span is gone. And I admit it, I'm the same way. You, you go beyond that, and I'm like, I'm not listening to you anymore, sorry. I'd love to, but I can't. Sorry, it's one of those things. So I'll, I'll keep working on shortening the message. And I'll do my part today, matter of fact. So I will take that to heart today. Next time I talk, I'm going to continue with part two, which are strategies for taking care of yourself. Because that's what it comes down to. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to improve our human experience. I have this ideal thing that eventually, you know, because this need for something, I keep, all right, I'm not supposed to get into the need for suffering. Like, we don't have a need for suffering. Yes, we suffer, but I don't think there's a need for it. It wasn't designed that way. Look at the Garden of Eden. That's where I started my podcast. There's no suffering going on until they start doing things in their own way and not going with the flow of the inner flow. That's what's happening. So I think it's pretty, I think eventually going to be a, a teleporting like the, like, like the Star Wars. Yeah, the, was it Star Wars? Star Trek, Star Trek, yeah. Uh, where we just pop in into an existence, have it, and pop out. Simple as that. No birthing, no dying, no nothing. Come have the experience and leave. Just like when you go to Disney World, you know, you go over there, you do your thing, you come back. Simple as that. Anyway, so we're going to continue to work on all these things. So in the meantime, have a wonderful Sunday and a blessed week. Thank you.